Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm delighted to be joined by Justin Michael today. Justin's an expert on all things B2B sales automation. He'll move you from Henry Ford to Tony Stark to unleash your inner Jarvis Ironman suit of sales tech stacks. He's advised well over 100 companies from his company, Justin Michaels Consulting. Justin, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, it's great to see you. We both wore red. I love your chair. It looks like you're about to... Uh... Hit warp drive over there. It's pretty cool. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I literally it. sit in an armchair, like an armchair philosopher. So uh, uh, I always stress with my students that this is about your success, not me telling you how awesome I am. Right? It's about uh, constant improvement and getting our emails responded to, landing meetings, and starting to make some cold calls actually set. You know. So um, I'm all about my customer which is the people that practice my method. I almost do feel like Cobra Kai, like I'm running a dojo. It's funny. I have a Patreon. I have 200 people in there who pay monthly to access me. I'm doing it essay-based now. So you then pay 10 bucks a month or you write me an email compelling enough to let, let me in there. So I'll let you in there for free because I just don't want it to be no skin in the game. I want people who are like really ready to shred on this stuff, you know? <laughs> That's a cool idea, man. I didn't realize you were doing that. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned Cobra Kai as well. I'm just working my way through season two, and I've been binging it right over the weekend. But yeah. um, we're not talking, talking Cobra Kai. We're talking business growth. We're talking sales. We want to give the audience today some actionable tips on all things crafting sales emails. So you don't even have to be in sales to, to, to be able to craft these kind of emails. You could run your own business. Um, yeah. You could run all aspects of the business. You could be the marketing team. You could be the sales team. You could be the full business growth team under one roof. Um, but what I want to talk to you about, Justin, specifically is looking at all aspects of the sales process, whether it's cold email, whether it's emails to set meetings, follow up with your proposals, or um, if someone's gone AWOL, we want to get them back on track. Um, so I'd love to really pick your brains and learn. Perhaps we could start from the top um, in terms of how to craft perfect cold emails. Yeah, so... What I'm going to share with you is a contrarian view, and it's uh, I don't want to steal the thunder of another podcast I'm going on, but this is definitely uh, divergent from the rest of the industry. What I discovered over the past five years, 10 years, is that um, the vast majority of email crafting is templates, and all the templates are long. So first you, saw, you, just, you take an Elon Musk approach to email, and the first thing you see is, wow, all the template systems you can buy for email in the world are long. And then you look at all the human communication systems, TikTok, Snap, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, text messages, Instagram. If you look at the last 100 communications you had with any loved one, you've never written a paragraph, ever. And so first you go, wait, we're shooting out all these long templates that make marketing happy, journalists happy, authors happy, but it's not how human beings communicate. That's odd. So that's the first thing I changed. So all my systems look like an atomized Twitter feed. None of my stuff is three paragraphs. Uh, for, okay. the brain, for the brain to process, a three-paragraph email takes 13 seconds. A three-sentence email takes under three seconds. 
um, you get 18 words from the preview text on an iPhone or Android to the first line. That's usually wasted with a long title and hope you're doing well, a pleasantry, which from birth we're taught to be pleasant, another flaw. Now these are just tactical, but it goes even crazier. The human brain and the mind, neurologically, the mind cannot process text. It takes us a long time to go through grades K through 12 or the form schools in England or wherever you are in the world. Even when you get fuzzy at night and you're tired and you're reading a book, you start to get fuzzy because words are symbols, they're images. And what are we doing when we're reading in the neocortex is we're processing symbols into imagery. That's why there's connotation and implication. So my biggest breakthrough first is that cold email is about visuals. So I use Venn diagrams and I use explainer GIFs and I bump pictures at people. Okay, so you have, first of all, the shortest systems ever created. Marketing director won't allow you. Pay, painfully short. We'll go Shakespeare for the English crowd. Brevity is the soul of wit. Or we can go Da Vinci. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. But my systems are insane. People pay me sometimes $100 per word. They pay me $2,000 for a sequence. And they're like, I'm paying you this much money, and you're going to only give me 750 words. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to help you change. We're not going to do the novel-esque emails. None of that sets. The big novel emails and systems, you get once in a while possibly like, this is the most amazing email. That's not my goal. I want to set meetings. So that is the biggest thing about emails. Also, we have these sequencers. We have automation that's possible. Here's the problem. We all want to be nice with it. Oh, let's do a day one and day three and day five and day seven. Well, then you're marketing. You're not CAN-SPAM compliant. You're not GDPR compliant. You're suddenly in my email box and you're hiding out. It's not what I do. I hit you up on the first day, thread, bump, second day, bump, third day, wait 48 hours. I have the most assertive sequences ever written in the history of the world. What does it do? It forces a polite person to remove you, refer you. Lots of referrals, routing. So I build geometric sequences. And then I have a science to my emails that is dual fold. One, is, one piece of it is called heuristics, which is a term taken from computer coding, which means a framework or overlay. Because the other thing about a template email is there's no such thing as a template. Sentences are heuristics, which means that if you say, you know, it looks like a crocodile fell on you, that's a humor statement. If you say, we help Acme Corp drive a 33% efficiency, that is value for similar client, heuristic. And so my templates are puzzle pieces of frameworks of what does the text mean, not just the picture it's going to connote. Right, And then I'll pop a Venn diagram in. That Venn diagram will be 60,000 words of heavy lifts. Right, A phone conversation is worth 241 emails, but one picture of Venn is going to get you to hundreds of emails. And you only need five to 12 touches. So I sent a Venn diagram five years ago to the chief digital officer of McDonald's, and I set the meeting within five minutes. Not a lie. I sent a Venn diagram, the VP of mobile of Home Depot, a picture out of a Gmail to the VP of Home Depot. He called my phone. He said, pitch me. And that's when I knew. I basically jumped for joy. It was like Doc Brown in Back to the Future, like hitting my head in my toilet and inventing the flux capacitor. I realized that email is not about text. And I had it, this Venn system. So I built it in the Justin Michael method. And I have a similarly weird thing I do for cold calls if you want to hear about it, but we can stick to email because it's a big Yeah, thing. I mean, I think, I think email is what we want to stick to for now. Yeah, but that's interesting. Totally so picking apart <laughs> what you've just said there, that was a heck of a lot to take in, but very interesting nonetheless, Justin. Um, and some of it even well above my head. So to, to get to the point, keeping email short, like you say, a lot of us, we're probably sick and tired of hearing those emails that say, hey, hope you're well, hope you're doing well in these tough times, all that BS. <laughs> but like you say, just take up real estate, especially if you're opening the email on your phone and you've only got those few characters to actually break through 
and make someone even open your email, let alone read it or even respond to it. Um, so for anyone that's perhaps brand new or hasn't done that many sales emails or cold outreaches, maybe they've put together a list of their ideal prospects and yeah. they're thinking, I want to craft um, some cold emails. I need to set some meetings pretty sharpish. I'm scared of the telephone, so I want to use the email to, to try and break through. Are yeah. there any kind of real simple tips that we can just say, look, follow this method and you will get a few meetings booked at least this week? Yep. So uh, I met a single mom in Toronto and uh, I gave her a seven minute PDF, my PDF, which I call the cheat codes. She copy and pasted my email and on the first send, she got a meeting. Another guy comes in, he's the top rep ever at Glassdoor. He takes my little PDF, takes a picture of it, sends it. Okay, in, in, in the first week, on the first email, he gets a meeting with two Fortune 100 companies. Pipeline value, $2 million. I can't make this up. I'm a lucky man. My stuff works for now. Um, if I'm gonna give you a tip, so first of all, just contact me. I'll give you this thing for free. It's a free guide. I've distributed it over Reddit. I got gilded on Reddit. I put the whole technique on Reddit, R Sales or Salesborg. My 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 tribe is called Salesborg, like a salesperson and a cyborg. It was originally Avenger, Avengers, but I didn't want to go Tony Stark and have you know the mouse have Disney on my case. So it's <laughs> called Salesborgs. But find it on Reddit or just hit me, Justin Michael, on LinkedIn. I'll give the thing to you for free. It's a PDF. And uh, here's how the emails look. You've got a one to three word subject line. Try subject line like growth. I'll give you one. Growth. Who doesn't want to grow? Use the subject line growth. The first sentence, just, you know, just, you know, just say like, hey, Sally, you know, we're driving this outcome, make money, save money, reduce risk for similar companies or famous companies, you know, have time for a call. Just some, it's a very simple. These are tight little templates, but they're so short that they work. So they leverage things like, you know, social proof. Concepts from uh, Robert Cialdini. There's different uh, heuristics that you're using. Um, there's just basic frameworks, right? If you have caught wind that uh, one of their competitors has used your system in the past, that's a good thing to mention. Um, the personalization I use is different. It will, it will. The other systems where there's personalization, mine has no personalization. Um, I was watching this SDR do cold emails. He say, are you available Tuesday? I look at all his emails. He say, are you available Thursday? There's nothing in the email. He won because it's a pattern interrupt. And why is this the case, right? Jeremy Donovan, Donovan looked at 6 million emails and found that 20% was a level of personalization. Aaron Ross, about 20%. Then we get a little creepy. Um, but here's why this works is because business people who actually have P&Ls, a profit and loss statement, and money to buy from you, they have problems in COVID-19. They're not sitting around wanting to talk to you about sports, your rugby league or football, right? I'm trying to make this UK delineated. <laughs> They're sitting there right now with a problem. They need to find a way to grow, to expand, to hire, to reduce risk. And personalization and relevance, right? It's about something that is personal to their pain and their challenge. It is not something like, hey, we both love Spain. You know, it's it's like they have seven slots. Mike Bosworth figured this out. So if the email points to something that's a really big pain for them, it'll get responded to. If someone interrupt me right now and could help me get a you know a million views on LinkedIn and my phone rang and they told me that, I'd drop everything and listen to them. Because it's something I'm trying to do. Too so right. Especially with the Jackson, LinkedIn reach that's yeah. been hammered. Yeah, it's been killed. So Josh Brown calls this jobs to be done, and he's right. 
really big fan of the Beck Holland method, the Josh Braun method, um, Scott Britton method, the Kreuzberger method. I've read all the methods and they all work and they're all good in different ways. Uh, my stuff is just in some ways a pattern interrupt. And when my stuff has taken over the world next two to five years, I have a book coming out called Tech Powered Sales, which in many ways is a sequel to Predictable Revenue. It's all about the tech stacks. Um, predictable Revenue was all about getting the openers and closers. Now we have thousands of tech stacks. Um, my stuff's gonna be less potent because people are gonna take it rote and they're just gonna copy and paste my templates. Um, but I guarantee you, if you can catch one thought in your marketing email that's powerful, here's the other thing. So you start to send these things that I call spears, these super short emails. Your open rates go up to 80%. It's like, whoa, everybody's open the thing. Because you have a one-word or two-word subject line, you have this tiny short email. The thing, the email will not convert unless there's enough pain and fear. This is something that Tony Robbins talks about. The vast majority of marketing emails are novel-esque, they're long. Novel-esque is not a word, but it's my satire. Into We're going to write the great American novel. I mean, you see some of these cold emails. I mean, they're like three paragraphs. They got, we're doing all this in the first and then the second. No one has time. In fact, it actually triggers the brain of the prospect, fight or flight. They see an alien object of this giant essay and they're like, whoa, this person's really going to try to sell me. There must be a catch. They, they actually feel fear subconsciously when you put that much text in there. Um, where was I going to go with this? I uh... <laughs> yeah, so keeping keeping short and sweet. Basically, you're comparing the fact that long emails scare people. Short and yeah. sweet. We're talking about different methods. We're talking about practical ways to do it yourself. I mean, what might be useful for our audience as well, Justin, is on that note. So you saying keep it super short and sweet. Uh, give the ask at the end. Um, talk about a potential pain that they might have. I mean, if we're doing this kind of research on people, have you got any quick ways that you would conduct this research oh, on people? Yeah. So all the time, companies come to me and they're like, they send me their cold email and we mm. take it on zeros. So they got a Goji sequence, they're running something um, and it's on zeros. And they pay me a ridiculous amount of money just to send them a fix. And I send them back an email and boom, it sets meetings, right? It's, it's, it's miraculous, but it's because there's very deep neuroscience principles persuasion science, Cialdini principles. I've studied, you know, Goleman, uh, neurolinguistic programming. I mean, there's 20 years of work that goes into the sentence. The thing is, when you're sending the emails short, you get the opens, but then it's not setting. It's because everybody's emails like, generate 80% more money, be 50% more efficient. It's all like a logical thing that you measure. Well, that's a very small portion of the human population. Most humanity is run by fear and pain. There's nobody sitting out there, even the most technical engineer who this is a subconscious thing. It's like innuendo. They figured this out with advertising, how to get everybody to want to buy a Snickers bar. Um, it's just bombarded with ads. You have to do the P90X. You have to show them over, like, you know, out of shape and then the P90X. And then they're Paul Ryan, right? They're all ripped and running America. You know, so the problem is they only, these emails only show a logical result. People buy an emotion and they justify with the logic. So all you have to do, and Mike Weinberg was great with this, you know, you know, Acme was frustrated by, was ripping their hair out, was stressed, and then they put in the widget, and now we have the logical, beautiful dream outcome. It's just most of the marketing was like 232%. Wouldn't you want your ROI to be 3x? You want to 5x your pipeline? It's like nobody cares until you tap them emotionally on a subconscious uh, basis using the right feeling words. So my science is called heuristics and emotional resonance. Um, the shortness of it, painfully short. Marketing won't allow you to send it. The funny thing is once you start crushing all the meetings in the Fortune 100, the first people that get excited are marketing. 
I built yeah. the Venn diagram in a couple companies. Uh, one of the companies actually, I found it in a chief revenue officer's briefing. It was a 350 page briefing. I saw it like the flux capacitor. I started sending it. Another company embraced it and put it in their go to market strategy. It's all over their decks and their website. And it was super cool. So once you start getting your open rates up, the conversion rate is based on is the emotional resonance, the storytelling, pain, fear, triggering the right side of the brain. And at LinkedIn, I did receive some great training that I agree with. For any email to be complete, you must trigger the left and right sides of the brain. And that's very easy. One is an artistic storytelling place all the way back to the cave paintings, right? And the other one is logical business terms. Like concretely, how will it help me? And if you put both of those components in an in-mail or an email, even if you mess up the syntax or it's too long, you have a much higher shot of converting. Got it. And to end these emails, Justin, where we actually go for the ask, when we want to set the meeting, book the demo, whatever our end result is, our call to action, are we? What technique are you recommending? Are you putting time suggested in there, suggested dates, or are you using the other yeah. method where open to learning more, which is less of an ask, or yep. are you mixing and doing both? Try this. Try no CTAs. So the thing is, you want to make pattern interrupts. Uh, there's this guy, he's part of my mastermind, uh, Christopher Rokas. He's uh, in packaging. He's uh, world famous now because he did the FaceTime drop. He actually cold calls people on their FaceTime, which is like a, a wing-suited base jump. He calls VPs and presidents on their FaceTime. He jumps into their personal <laughs> communication. It's wild. So he got a hold of my science of stuff, and he starts going, you know, he sends an email with no hi, no name, no pleasantry at all. He just goes right in the email or he just sends an email. There's no call to action. I do this a lot on LinkedIn, actually. It's phenomenal. You connect with someone and instead of hope you're doing well, we're both in a marketing, blah, blah, blah. You just go right in. You're like a similar company got this result. Boom, nothing, no call to action because no one else will do it and marketing won't let you. But if you're in a startup and you like getting meetings, they'll let you after. So ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, I have people in the biggest companies in the world, Salesforce, you know, their management is just like, hey, as long as it's on brand, it's not disrespectful, go funky, try it, try something different, right? When you mess up their grammar, you convert higher. When you spell it wrong, you convert higher. When you say hey versus hi, you convert higher. It's proven in, in Jeremy Donovan's work. When you express gratitude, you convert higher using thanks um, or best. Now, Gong released all the CTA research that you want to have an interest-based CTA right now, and that's true, versus like, is it going to be Tuesday or Thursday, which are classic tie-downs. You know, you grip, you know, you shake hands, you tie them down. That's bad. But um, what they neglected to test is no CTA at all. I'm the first person in the history of the world said, write an email with no CTA, right? So I'm just really uh, iconoclastic and trying stuff because People really, if you nail this, they only look at the first 18 words. They only look at the subject line. And the, if, you, if you can really grasp the, the nucleus of that, that tiny piece of real estate, they don't have to get into your email. When, I'm get, when vendors are hitting me and I'm, I'm scrolling on my mobile phone and I get something cool. Actually, this, um, this lady sent me something the other day that said 7-12-30 as the subject line. And I just clicked it. I was like, whoa, that's bizarre. It really looked like... <laughs> She wrote it to me and had a string of numbers. I was just like, this is brilliant. So what you're actually trying to do, the best way to adapt an email style is first look at the way you talk to your friends and family and then turn your emails into things that don't look like a template. They have to look human and use sequencers to send stuff that doesn't look like it's sent from a sequencer. Then look at the last 200 emails or 50 emails you got from marketers. The huge template ones with HBLs and pictures and all this stuff. Look at the ones that, you know, if we go in, like there's a rash, a scourge of LinkedIn automation right now. 
And um, here's the other thing. LinkedIn is an email system, and it's alerts-based. So why does everyone on LinkedIn do a custom connect and then a pitch? The way I do LinkedIn is just like email. We connect, and then I send you email one, and then I send you email two. LinkedIn is email. Email and LinkedIn are identical. Make your best emails, your best LinkedIn pitches, and you got to think about this stuff. So the answer is um, study the last 50 emails you got. You didn't answer them. You didn't hit the calendar link. Don't put a calendar link in your email. If you're going to do a CTA, do an interest-based CTA and walk people up a ladder of engagement. So if you're, if you're doing sequencing, if you ask for a meeting in your first email, huge mistake. So at least say, is this interesting to converse about or route and say, oh, you know, who are you the right person to talk about? Like the first call to action is like, is this relevant to you? That's a pattern interrupt because the other 900 salespeople just assume that because you're the VP of marketing and I sell marketing analytics that you're going to need it. So the first email is going to say, do you want to meet? Right? It, it, people, people compare this to dating because it's fun, right? You just walk up to someone in, in a you know a nightclub and just say, "Hey, you want to have kids, right?" It's never going to work. It, it's the same problem. This stuff's way too assumptive. We're in a world now where people recoil when it's too personal, too overt. Um, the trusted advisor is a huge part of my methodology. There's actually a lot of finesse. So you're hyper short, but you're always just like it, you're using all these weasel words. Which um, um, who talks about it? Art uh, subject. Okay, right. cool. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Great guy. Yeah. So there's all these words you can use that make you credible. When you when you care about someone like a friend or a loved one, you don't say, "Hey, you should invest in this stock because you're going to get thirty percent for sure." You're like, "Here are the risks. It could be cool. I think the stock's pretty good. You got to look at you got to look it over. Think about it for yourself. Talk." There's actually a lot of uncertainty. It's kind of like the transparency sale. Todd Capone, who trained me at Salesforce. Um, when you act like a person in their actual life that's advising them and you talk like that, people trust you. Hey, we're doing this thing for Pepsi and you're Coke, but I know things are probably very different at Coke. Even though it would seem to be a fit, it potentially could do something that we're doing for Pepsi. Okay, the other 999 sellers, when they write that email, go, because we work for Pepsi, it's going to crush for Coke. And they just assume and they just, it's not consultative. At the very high levels, you're not sure. One, you're not desperate, and two, you're not sure. And so that waffling and weaseling and, and tapping out, which I call it, the guy that mastered tap outs, he doesn't even know it's called a guy named Kreuzberger. He wrote a system called Breakthrough Email in 2012, 13, 14, 15. The email went everywhere, like a PBS chain letter, like save PBS. That was never actually real. PBS was never going out of business, but the email still forwards to this day to millions of people, all concerned that they're going to shut down the public broadcast system. So Kreuzberger released the appropriate person template, and I used to sit in my CEO's inbox and see appropriate person, appropriate person, appropriate person, and I still see it to this day. Um, again, <laughs> it's a heuristic, right? It's a routing heuristic. What is appropriate person? You're trying to route. Who in the company handles the challenge? Who's the CEO of the problem? There's no templates. The templates don't exist. Okay, Words represent heuristics, a layer up, a framework, and frameworks represent a concept. And so I can send anyone's email and cloak it by using heuristics. So take the templates. Most people go to Google. They say best templates. They go to HubSpot. They go over to Outreach. They pull down the templates, and then they start to pepper them into the systems. Uh, I warn people with my own stuff. I'm like, if you just rotely copy it, it'll work for now. But you, you need to understand why. It's a fishing rod. What is it that I'm saying in this email? right? So this is more of a philosophic conversation. Um, sure. 
Like well, I think you've given us some advice, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you've given us some some great advice, and from what I've grabbed for that is mix making yourself stand out, really, because like you say, there's so many generic cold emails that go out that just have the same asks, ask for a calendar invite, and just put generic statements like we help this company three times X or ten times X or get this many sales. It's more saying, look, we did this for a similar company. We may be able to help you. Uh, is it worth having a conversation, or are you yeah. the right person to speak to? So, Keeping it short and snappy, and saying we may be able to do something rather than saying we can do something. Yeah, so humor is good if you if you're funny. You know, I've got people in my group who are sending you know gifs of SpongeBob. What is the Venn diagram? What is it? It's either two or three circles, and what it is, it's your brand in the middle and all your competitors around. I did huge level tests. I sent millions of emails. You know what happened? If you put a Venn diagram with your logo in the middle and then just literally drop your competitors in a wheel and it looks horrible, uglier the better, right? So let me, let me tell you, if you do it wrong and send it, it converts higher than if you nail it. So you take three disciplines. You're, you know, you're like a sequencer, data provider, GDPR compliant, boom, you're in the middle. Then you nest the logos. You send it. One of the things I'll tell you is you need to make your communication ugly. There's 900 handset renderings. You might not know this. I worked in mobile for 13 years. If you use paragraphs and spacing in your emails, it will be wonky on the 900 devices. Never do any of that. Hey, John, comma, sentence, sentence, sentence. It's called, I call it compacting, compacted spears. These are mainly mobile responsive design aware templates. They're funky. They're tight. Never use complete sentences. Wow. Don't do that. Uh, there's no time. Notice that you are raising funding. Good job. Similar client just did. Plugged us in. 3x reduction in inventory turns. Zoom. I talk like a telegram. Stuff's all broken. I, you know, it's, it's poetic license. The emails <laughs> are ugly. They're compact. And they're funky. And they, and they, you know that, that whole diagram where they show you the paragraph and then they pull out all the vowels and your brain can actually just read it just perfectly. Your brain's so powerful. What happens on the big paragraph emails is they run F tracking. And the way it does it, the fight or flight is the executive looks. And these are speed readers, right? Everybody who can have a PNL is, re is reading about 60 books a year. And that might be blogs, but readers are leaders. Like people in leadership positions are just ingesting massive amounts of content. And they're all kind of speed readers. So when they open a big template email, they hit the top. They, they, and they drive left. You've heard of the F curve. Well, that's because of eye tracking. They run a retina scan, and they see it light up. It goes across the top. Is it safe? Boom, down to the bottom. Back up, and it flies up and down, and it snacks. It snacks the content. Your brain is going, is it safe? Is it safe? Delete. Is it safe? Is it safe? Delete. And it's moving in nanoseconds, under micro nanoseconds, what Malcolm Gladwell called the thin slice. So if you want to put a person through that, good luck. I don't <laughs> do that. I have under three seconds, like the heartbeat that's uh, that's on my cold calls, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000. That is the amount of attention that you can get from an executive who can buy. If you want to get in front of executives who can't buy, that can fully digest that thing, go ahead. But those are not the people who can buy. You, you get about the heartbeat of a text message, and they're going to F-curve track. When you send a hyper-short email, do you know what they do? Hey, it must not be that important. It must not be that expensive. It completely diffuses the bomb. A big, needy, personal email is like, ah, is it the, is it the IRS? What do they really want? Is it going to cost me millions? You know, they, they start and they, they never look at it again because there's also procrastination. They got all those big emails from their boss and all those other people they got to respond to. And, and I just, I, I just, I can't understand it. Maybe those systems work and I didn't figure out how to use it. I'm not trying to, to diss it, but uh, 
this is this is the system that I constructed. I, I think I need more tactics about what to say in emails. I'll tell you what I do. I yeah, just before we get to that, Justin, to dissect what you've just said yeah. there, are you saying we shouldn't space out our emails? Are you saying what has worked best for you is to put it almost all on one one short line, getting straight to the point? There's there's no space. It's just like hi, you know, hi Sam, comma sentence one, sentence two. Thanks. It's all one clump. What to write? So what I do is I go to their website when I'm writing emails for people. Because typically a website, guess what? The cheapest you can do a website for right now and like make it really good for startup companies for like 25 grand. It's usually 40 grand, 50 grand. So when I write emails for people, I look at the website, their SEO, and I'm like, hey, this website's pretty good. And they probably invested 50 Gs on the site. And so I go through and I look at their solutions and I'll scrape and I'll go through here and I'll scrape and I'll bring the website into the spears. I'll atomize the website. Right. So I will take a Gartner report and I'll look at the main three panes. I was doing this IoT project and I got these awesome panes with like, you know, codeless, low code, event driven applications. Well, when you know what I learned from the Gartner report, it's EDA. Everyone who knows it's EDA, it's like you're selling Kubernetes, it's K8s. So you're also trying to do a jargon test to do positive jargon. So now I've got these little short spears, which are clips from the website. And oh, there's a cool image. Boom, take the image. I take CloudApp, getcloudapp.com, and I'm, I'm looking at their demo deck, or I'm looking at an actual live demo, and I just take a 100, 100 kilobyte, kilobyte file, and I'm going to nest that. When I send a sequence of emails that are 12 touches, it is holographically based, meaning the ADD of the executive means they're not going to open the first touch. Maybe they touch seven. They're ignore, 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 ignore. Boom, they open touch seven. Touch seven has to re represent the 12. Touch two has to represent the 12. Every single email holistically, except the bumps, which are the replies, has to represent the whole sequence. So this is a huge secret. So I would take um, industry white papers, customer testimonials, quotes, the website, you know, YouTubes, and atomize those down into little snippets, little spears, and then you make sure there's enough storytelling and emotion, right? Uh, you know, the VP of sales plugged in gong and suddenly everybody knew what they were saying on calls and they had an objective view of how they were being successful. Suddenly three members on the team were in the middle cohort became top performers. Why don't you try gong? Tell a story, give the quote, super short. That might be one spear. Then here's what you do with it. Next day, thoughts. And then the next day, how about a screenshot of the interface of how it's done? Imagine this screenshot. Boom, 60,000 words. Whole dopamine hit of the brain. You put an image in there, you know, then you start bumping around the images. So I have these, these terms. I have spears. I have bumps. I have nudges. I have bends. I have this whole lexicon. And all they are is, you know, these short-term terminologies to get people to think about ways to be hyper short. Um, and that's been fun to construct as well. Another key to my system is pixel tracking. You fire a pixel on everything because as you're sending these hyper short emails, now if you're in a sequencer, you can have a rule set through. You can see how many were open, right? You can see if they're open three times, four times. If someone opens an email two times, it's a delete. Three times, still probably delete. Four times, they forward it. Five or six, they're like moving it around the organization. It's hitting the water cooler. At that point, if it's running live in a sequencer, keep the sequencer going and nudge it. Just like ping them like thoughts or, hey, you know, and you can also be really open. You can call them on the phone and say, I noticed you opened my email six times. <laughs> 
How and does that I, usually I, go down? I had a 150K deal go down that way. I had somebody I'd been pixel firing on him for months. Suddenly, I, I watched them open my email seven times. I called him on the phone. He goes, nice data-driven response. He had been opening it, and he could see that I could see. I would just laugh. <laughs> That's and great. It, and it actually helped me sell the deal because my use of technology within the sales process convinced him as a method of operating that our company was cutting edge. And the way that I sold was reflective of the solution and the whole vibe. So it actually created a good impression because it's like, wow, if you're that good at email, you must have a great CSM team. Your solution must be cutting edge. Um, so yeah, I call that breaking the fourth wall. When you break the fourth wall, it's stuff like, Hey, I'm sending you a cold email sequence. Hey, this is touch five in my cold email sequence. Would you like to read it? You call on the phone, right? And and it's, you, you say something like, Hey, I just got your name out of database. You know, this is the old Sandler stuff. Like I hate to cold call just as much as you hate getting it. Are you hating this right now? And I do this when I, when I experiment, but that's in the old Shakespearean days, the actors in the play turn and they talk to the audience and that's called breaking the fourth wall. Most salespeople are trying to trick prospects. Let's do day one, day seven. They're not going to see it. Ooh, it's, it's not how it works. People are so smart. They, if the minute you start to manipulate or trick, none of that. I'm a B2B salesperson. I'm trying to sell you something, and I'm assertively going to come after you and say, until you say no, right? I'm going to come at you like a bill collector. Let's just all let's talk about what we're doing. Let's not hide it, right? It's a very overt, open system where the prospect knows what's happening and they can just say, nope. And I have never in my life not opted out, DNC'd, and fully blacklisted anyone at any point in any process that says, hey, I have a creed and a code of contact in the beginning of my work to say, one, do not weaponize these systems. Don't send 10,000 emails just because you can and respect opt out because it's just not worth it, right? So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> when I first released all of it, I had a, a very famous author said, Justin, your work is unethical, it's unlawful, and it's illegal. And I just kind of cracked up because I'm actually an expert in GDPR. I've actually sold data, uh, SDK-derived data. So I've, I've read like, you know, reams of legal papers on all this stuff, and I've sent millions of emails. And like, you sent an e- a million emails. I'm like, to 100 customers, over a year at 50 per day per campaign, way less than your team. You know, so it's a really funny, it's funny when you count it all, but if people actually counted all their activities, they would be surprised. There's a lot more companies doing millions of emails than you think. Um, I don't doubt it. Cool, man. <laughs> well, we've covered some great ground um, in terms of cold emails, and I think you've given us a really unique approach on how to attack it. And um, could you remind us again, you said there was a resource of your, yourself where we can find the, the method, was it Reddit? Or yeah. Was it- so I've just come out with the Justin Michael method. It contains Venn diagrams. It contains all the things within. I call this thing the cheat codes because my method is a 20-page doc. I'm doing another book called Team Tech-Powered Sales. I was involved in comboprospecting.com with Tony Hughes. But to find me, just hit me up uh, on any social media, Justin Michael. Be like, I want to get your guide. I'll send you this thing called the cheat codes. It's a seven-minute read. It will absolutely change your life. You will start to become successful with cold email. I've trained 200 people on it in the last 60 days, and I have not found one that is not successful. Take it, prove me wrong, and if you can't get it to work, hit me up because I want to figure out how it wouldn't work based on all the stuff I just explained. <laughs> Amazing, dude. Amazing. So how are we doing for time, Justin? Have you got much more? We Can we cover? Yeah, yeah. I, got 10, I got 10 more minutes. Uh, all right, let's see. Pacific. 
let's fit 10 minutes in. So we've we've covered good ground in terms of cold email, but if we're if we're sending out quotes, if we're sending out proposals, do you have any structure, any guideline on the best way to send that via email, Justin? Um sending proposals? Yeah. So if we let's say we've booked the meeting, and okay. of course a lot of B2B, if we're talking from a B2B space, um, so some of us will conduct demos, so we'll do everything live over screen share, whatever technology we use. Some of us will actually be sending out proposal documents. Some of us will be sending out quotes. If we're in that game, is there a way to, to send it? Rather, What I mean is a lot of us are in industries where we, we might send quotes, we might send proposals, we might send other pieces of literature after we've had an initial consultation discovery call with our prospect um, and then find that our quotes are getting ignored, our proposal documents are just getting sent to the delete folder or we're just getting stacked up against other agencies. Have you got any any ways that we can conduct those in our emails to get a better response rate to actually help our conversions or anything on, on that that could help people in the space. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's very dangerous to send information that contains commercials over an email. It's better to take an opening as a new closing approach and an outbound prospecting approach to the entire funnel. And what I mean by this is you want to look them in the whites of their eyes and say, it is $20,000, it is $1 million, and break that ice on the first call. Get the commercials talked about. Challenger Sales talks about it. Early commercial conversation, hey, we're doing a business deal and there's gonna be money exchange and I'm okay with that. And then you're different than the other thousand sellers. I use the Roger Kipling um, with thousandth man, which is 999. Like you're the one, and then because you've broken the ice. Now, when you follow up, don't just send a proposal. Get them on another call. Hey, I'd like to show you. I'd like to walk you through the business case, right? I'd like to walk you through what I'm proposing. Let, let's collaborate on a, on a mutual business case here and talk the commercials through. Get another call. Get them on a Zoom. We're all sitting around. We got nothing to do. Don't send ever send commercial <laughs> don't ever do it that's the answer uh, share the screen let them look at it because they need to react so the reason i'm a huge proponent of cold calls also is because in an email someone gets your text and they have a negative emotion and they hit delete but on a cold call i can i can look at you i can hear you have the problem you voice your concern i handle the objection if I send you commercials, I really don't know your budget, what's happening with your, your balance statement, your relationship with your CFO. Once I send a commercial document, suddenly a new person can be injected in this deal who's a blocker. But if I call you and on the screen I watch you look like someone, you know, you just went to a funeral dirge, you know, I'm like, what's the problem? And you're like, well, I can't do this. My CFO just said I, I can't spend more than $82,000. Okay. Let me go see. Oh, okay, we'll do it for $81,000. You, you can't interact off of it. And you can't handle the negative emotions that come up when people have – commercials are tough for people, especially in 19. So for now, my advice would be, sure, you can send it in an email. But first, use an email follow-up to trigger another meeting. That's specifically to talk through or walk through with a visual guide um, – Ideally, a return on investment, a business case. Oracle does this extremely well. They have generators with all these cool pie charts and graphs. And, you know, it's great selling hardware, software like that because you got this rack mounted edge computing device and it's working at this speed. And you just plug the faster one in and you're going to make more money. It's like you're going to realize a 10x efficiency. A lot of you out there are selling products and services that don't have a, they don't have a direct ROI. It's conceptual. And still then, it would be better to get on the phone and state how much it's going to cost and your model to them so that they can emote 
and talk back and say, it's too high. I'm concerned about that. The value is really not there. Could I get a reference? Because more times than not, when you just send the email, they'll want all those things, but they're more apt to just procrastinate and never answer you. Um, here's another, and here's a huge other thing. Do not ever, like never open CC. Okay, I've been in a dozen companies, advised 100 more. You send your proposal, you're at the end, just send me the proposal. You send it and you send it to five people, everybody you met with in your open CC. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> you can do it, but what you wanna have is you wanna have the WhatsApp or the text message of all the people who sign and decide. So you send them all the proposal, finally you've walked them through it and then you send the document. And instead of just sending the, hey, oh, just checking back in on the proposal, all five people. That creates almost like a, a cement, right? They can't decide. The boss has to, but the boss needs a consensus of the group. So, you know, which one is it? So what I do is I send, finally send the proposal after walking through it, and then I start to send text messages to the person running the group. What do you think of the proposal? Or WhatsApps. I WhatsApp each one individually. Or I close the chain. I kick the whole thing back to the lead who's going to sign and say, well, what did your team think? I take the CC off because as a single thread, I can get a response. Uh, there's actually some pretty cool studies. Um, Jeremy Donovan's looked at some of this, this stuff too. Um, and Kreuzberger was a proponent of this. When you have an open CC, you stop your deal. And that's why in so many companies, the mid funnel and the down funnel is just like, they're kicking the can and kicking the can. They're having these uh, pipeline reviews and they can't move the deal. And they write better and better emails to the whole thing. Like, let me just compel them. And it's because they're stuck. You know, no one's probably a bit of psychology as well because they think yeah. if we apply to everyone, I don't know if they're going to agree with me or I'm scared that I could say this and that kind of yeah. stuff. I, yeah, I've never thought of that before. That's a really awesome point. Yeah, so these are these are good tips. If you've got some deals stuck in the pipe right now and you have a multiple thread, kick it back to just the one person and ask a question. Hey, what did your team think? You know, were there some concerns here? Where are we at? Again, it's a short spear, a little open-ended question, no pleasantries, just boom. Like if you ran into a hall, you're just like, Doug, like what was your what were your thought on that? Or hey, like, is there a reason we're not moving forward? Just let me know. And you'll be amazed. To one person, always a response. To the group, never. Uh, what else can I ask answer for you? We got five minutes. Sure thing, man. I think that's pretty much all we wanted to cover today. We've covered cold emails, we've covered um following up proposals with quotes and to take that to a live conversation rather than just, just sending and hoping for the best. Um, aside from that, before we wrap things up, Justin, are there any tools that you recommend that we should utilize for any of the tactics um, that we've discussed today? That we can get yeah, so you need to have pixel tracking because if you're sending a ton of email and you can't see who's opening it, you're going to be what I call dialing into the abyss. Nature abhors a vacuum and salespeople that are getting no response, it lowers morale. So run Serious Insight, Yesware, Groove.co, Sales Loft, Outreach, Zant, uh, Ring DNA, Apollo, Persist IQ, Lemlist is a good one in Europe. Get something that allow you to track your emails and will allow you to pre-program your emails. And I'm a huge proponent of manual. Send things manually until you see a streak and then automate them and, sc and scale them. So you definitely need an email tracker. There's a very cool company where I am an advisor called Lavender. And what that does is it, as you're writing an email, which is uh, trylavender.com, just like the color, it looks at your sentiment analysis um, in the writing, the reading level with the Flesh King Cade score. Uh, are you sounding pretentious? Are you sounding studious? Are you sounding cheerful? And so that's pretty cool. Grammarly has a little enterprise plugin now that's doing that also. But Lavender is really special in that way. Um, 
getting a sense for how you're writing as you write it is it's so simple but so space age to think right we're going to get to the point here soon where as you're having the zoom call the ai assistant is saying you have a 76 percent close rate and you ask a question 36 percent close we're going to have all this ai and predictive which is happening soon but for now um you got to have the basics you got to have a sales engagement platform so you can automate and there's affordable ones all the way up to really sophisticated ones um you've got to have tracking um what else can i say no formatting on the emails it's critical because you need to get delivered you need to get delivered um and then i guess the the conversation goes to tech stacks you got to have working email address and get this you need to check your domain so check your dkim your spiff and your dmark because these are things if you're of the tens of millions of small business owners out there of websites you probably haven't checked that truth be told if you start sending email out of a gmail and you send it too fast and you have enough people mark your spam your whole domain could be deprecated the majority of the time when i work with clients they're literally not getting inboxed because their domain those weird things i just said are off yeah i've seen it they sent too fast you actually when you warm a gmail you go 25 25 50 people buy outreach and then, wow i can do a thousand and the gmail says 500 i'm gonna send 400 day one boom and then they kill their deliverability from day one because they never learned about warming there's a cool uh, tool at lemless called lemwarm where you kind of send to folks you know and kind of get you warm up but all that is is the international consortia of internet service providers trying to figure out whether you're a spamming entity they've got honeypots and traps and here's the other thing the word revenue is a spam word start to go to the sites and figure out what the spam words are i keep a list of 30 or 40 spam words because a lot of the common stuff that you put in an email actually triggers spam arrays because they're because they're getting a thousand emails a day that say 200 roi so anything that says percent roi is like promotions folder in gmail like it's pulled out so you got to get really savvy about what not to do before you figure out what to do i mean i could go on get everything in get everything in line before you even start doing it that makes perfect sense man well justin you've covered some great ground really appreciate you coming on dude i do like to ask everyone that comes on emailing aside if you had to pick or recommend just one digital marketing channel for businesses to get involved in which one would it be and you're asking a digital marketing channel so i can't say phone right um yeah wow um you know i'm i'm gonna say i'm gonna say email because of the success i've I've been having with it you know i'm gonna say if you can do a radically diverged email strategy i don't know why but it's still it's still the peak performer linkedin everybody needs to know went from site 40 to site 16 in america reddit's at site four so social selling has really moved up the chart but uh email is still it's it's still the heavyweight champion in my opinion top man we everyone you've been tuning into sam's business growth show we sit down with business leaders experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe we find out their story how marketing's happened along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and skyrocket your business justin if you could thank just one person either dead or alive having a positive influence on yourself and your career who would that be and why wow <laughs> that's pretty good i'll go with jack canfield um He's, he's an American success coach who uh, wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and I had to read his book in 10th grade. And when I met him about 15 years ago, when I was 26, he said, oh, I wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. I was at a dinner with him. I said, oh, I had to read that in 10th grade. I didn't realize he made $100 million, but uh, he, he's been a very uh, huge influence. I've run into him a few times uh, since then, and uh, he has a, a lot of really good stuff for positive thinking. And um, as I got inspired to write my own books, 
I really thought about his story. Um, so yeah, check out Jack Canfield's work. I don't hear about him enough anymore. It's weird. Some of the biggest names in the world are becoming a little uh, quieter now in the different generations. But he's he's a cool guy to check out and get inspired uh, for your mindset. Thank you, sir. Justin, really appreciate you coming on, dude. Tell us a bit more about how we can learn from you, how we can connect with you. Um, tell us a bit more about how we can get in touch. And anything you want yeah. to write? Yeah, so I would just um, check out Combo Prospecting by Tony J. Hughes. He's my mentor of eight years. I was the case study. It's just comboprospecting.com. Um, check out my Patreon, Justin Michael on Patreon. There's something called the Salesborgs where you can join. You can just hit me up on LinkedIn. I just hit the 30,000 cap, so I can't accept your friend request, but you can follow me. Um, you can figure out a way to send me a note. Just send me a tweet. Follow me on Twitter. If you can get, if you can figure out how to get a hold of me, which should be really easy, I'll send you my guide, and my guide will change your life in under ten minutes. Uh, if if what you're looking to do is you know set unlimited meetings via email, um, that's what we're all about. And uh, I'll give away my entire life's work for ten dollars. It's worth about eleven. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.